Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too. Like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Welcome to Wood Talk for woodworkers by woodworkers. Now, here are three guys who, if combined would make one hell of a woodworker. Mark, Matt, and Shannon. All right, it's Wood Talk number 288 for December 21st, 2015. On today's show, we're talking about designing for liability, cutting inside corners on boards, and choosing the right spoke shave. And we're actually just going to jump right into our topics today because we do have a very special show for you, and you'll find out why a little bit later. So let's do it. Let's get right into the email. Got one here from Jonathan. He says, I keep seeing this article. And it's uh, on a website, WBALTV. Uh, WBALTV. That's the local station in Baltimore. Is it? Okay, that's why it's foreign to me and not, not <laughs> Weird. to you. <laughs> World's colliding. <laughs> there ah. you go. Uh, it's apparently about IKEA offering a fix for dressers after there were uh, two deaths involved. Oh. I guess the furniture fell on uh, children. Um, about So it's about IKEA offering a repair to dressers after some children were crushed and died. It's horrible to even say those oh. words. From the furniture falling, um, Ikea didn't do anything wrong. They included kits to anchor the dressers to the walls, but the owners didn't use them. This made me think, we talk about shop safety, but what would what about safety of the final users of the pieces that we make? How often do we consider, how often do we consider that in the pieces? Um, things like falling drawers, pinch points, unsafe finishes. I was wondering if you guys have a top 10 list of sorts of items to think about when designing and constructing pieces of furniture. Oh, right. Lord, I'm depressed now. A little bit, right? Um, yeah. So so this is something that, honestly, I think if you're designing a good piece of furniture, a well-built piece of furniture, a lot of these safety things, like the really obvious safety stuff, is sort of just, you know, it's, it's taken care of. You're building a good, solid piece of furniture that isn't likely to tip over unless it's forced to, you know, and there are always circumstances that, that could cause that. But I'll be honest here, and I, I kind of brought this up because I want to hear if you guys have thought about this much. Other than f- the finish... I very rarely give much thought to this sort of thing. Um, Now, if I build something that's very top heavy and I give it to someone else, I'm going to warn them that they need to do something to secure that piece of furniture, especially if they have kids. Um, But most of the time I kind of consider it the person's responsibility who I'm, who, who pretty much dictated what they wanted to me. I would consider it their responsibility to identify 
any obvious hazards from a standard piece of furniture and take care of them properly. Um, so maybe that's not the right way to think about it, but if there's anything glaringly obvious, like someone wants me to design something that has a bunch of really sharp points on it and they just had a baby. Yeah. I might say, are you sure you want this? Cause you're going to be can, like, coding. can you install these shards of mirror <laughs> that we just broke the other day? Yes. Could you put them in like on angles so that at eye level, preferably? right? Exactly. We like a babinga bed of nails. Is that possible? <laughs> um, we want to make a crib with a bed of nails. So yeah, I mean, there might be those obvious things, but again, finish is the one thing that I think uh, that is, is top of mind to most people just because it's, you know, it's, it's a chemical and it smells bad and you know, it's bad and you're putting it on the furniture. So we just naturally think, well, where is this going? Who's going to be the recipient of this and how will this turn out, you know, years from now? So other than that though, I can't say that I've, I've given it much thought. I just try to design a really good piece of furniture that works for its purpose and educate the customer in any way that I can about any potential safety hazards that might be involved. They certainly don't have a top 10 list. Um, right. I don't have a top three list <laughs> for right. something like that. I mean, so yeah, is that I mean, something you guys have thought about? Not really. No. I mean, the only time I've ever thought about it is when it, like you described, if somebody has designed the piece and they have very specific things in there, the, the main thing that comes to my mind is like I, I've uh, made a couple of of what would be equivalent to like a, a toy chest okay. with a, a hinge for the, the the lid and making sure that, you know, there's some sort of slow closing hinge on there but then in my head immediately is like yeah but that doesn't mean the kid's gonna get their hand out of the way it just might be a slow close onto their hand <laughs> yeah, slow motion a slow motion accident which is actually like what it is pressing for on my hand very slowly <laughs> i better I move this. what do i do <laughs> actually that is probably one of the, the things i overlooked uh, a chest some sort of a chest with a lid and especially if it's a toy chest there are safety concerns with the hardware that you use and will this be able to to lock a child in here like even if they they're doing it on purpose can they breathe when they're in there like there there are concerns like that for uh chests um you know like a blanket chest and toy chest so that's a good point right mm. yeah the only thing other thing i can think of is um maybe this is maybe this is what it's worked out for anybody that's ever commissioned me to build furniture for their children is the vanderlist kids have always been the experiment on what not to do <laughs> here's a great example i built bunk beds for the kids and samantha said do you think we ought to have a rail on that top one i said no don't worry about it and then probably hours after the kids went to bed madison proceeded to roll out of the top bed and hired onto the floor so i made a mental note to myself if I'm ever building a bed for a child, I probably should check to see if they actually need a rail, regardless of whether it's a top bunk or one on the bottom. Right. Yeah, there you go. Um, That's right. kind of where I come down is I've never really thought about in, in like static pieces of furniture that you don't interact with, like sit on or climb into like a bed. Yeah. Um, but it's when you build stuff that you actually like get into <laughs> You know what I mean? Uh, like you sit the, on a chair, you get into bed true, and true. get out of bed. That's where I've had to think about things like pinch points and stuff because uh, like the the queen size bed that I just built, I specifically rounded over the outer edges of the bed rails. And I thought, you know, I don't really need to round over the inside edges because they won't be seen. So I'll just kind of break that edge a little bit. Well, when you come to the edge of a bed, you know, the mattress compresses under your weight and you actually can like catch the the backs of your your thighs in that little Pinch pot. Eesh. Pinch pot. Yeah. <clears throat> um, and that's when I realized uh, I should do more than just break that edge. And I ended up putting like a quarter inch round over there. Mm -hmm. So it's the stuff that we actually like sit in um, that you have to worry about that. I mean, I'm not saying you don't have to worry about it with tall bookcases or whatever. I just have never 
built anything that's needed to be concerned about that. Yeah. And a lot of times it just, again, comes down to good design. You know, if it's a well-designed piece, these things are usually solved, you know? Yeah. So something like, uh, you know, the bed was a good example. I built that platform bed and a lot of people are like, Oh, you know, shin buster. And it's like, well, this, this is what the dude wants. You know, I'm not going to tell right. him that I can't do this because you're going to hurt your shin on there in the middle of the night. Uh, this is what he wants. They don't have children. He's not worried about it. Um, so yeah, most decent, well-designed furniture. If it's got a problem, the person kind of knows that going into it. So yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting topic. I'd love to hear from folks about this. If you have perspectives on your responsibility as a builder, when you build something, if you really worry a lot about this stuff, when you give it to somebody. I bet you there's could be a multi-volume series purely um, on just yeah. identifying those things, not giving you solutions, just simply identifying <laughs> every possible. <laughs> These thing are all problems. Enjoy. This one will keep you up all night. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, let's move on to this next question, which came in from Nick. And Nick was asking, what is the proper way to cut notches on or inside corners in a board? It seems so simple, but I struggle getting it nice and clean and square. I bought a pole saw to finish the cuts, but I'm not very accurate with it. Well, you know what, Nick? Neither am I. So I don't have an answer for you. I'm just kind of kidding. Actually, you know what? I don't think there's a proper way, if there's ever a proper way to do anything. But for myself, what I, I like to do and, is to actually take a chisel and I'll use that to clean up the corners. I like to, I'll pair, is that the right way? Yeah, pair down so that I, I make sure I clean it up that way. Uh, I've tried sawing to a corner um, and uh, frequently though my lines are still all over the place. Uh, sometimes I'll use a little jig to help me do it. And even when I do that, when I use a jig to help me with the saw – I still will often come in with the chisel and just take a really nice light cut to try and clean up that corner. And that's where I feel like I get the best results from it. Mm. Cool. Shannon, wake up. I'm here. Did, did, he, did he drop the bow anchor on himself? Wipe from off the, the drool. Last episode? Yeah. No, right. I was, my, my wife just got home and was talking to me. Oh, that was two episodes ago. Doesn't she know we're <laughs> recording? What is, what's going on over there? <laughs> I heard a rumor that she's not very technologically savvy, so maybe she, that's what she doesn't understand with the recording. It was episode. the Audible app again, wasn't it? I deny everything. <laughs> 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 okay. This email comes from Otto because he loves to get Blotto. <laughs> Sorry, Simpsons reference. I am not yet a woodworker. Oh, well, we can't help you. Um, I'm still mm. waiting to cut my first mortise and tenon. I think we said that like a couple episodes ago, right? You're not a woodworker until you cut a mortise and tenon? I think you said that. I think I did. I, I'm sure I offended somebody with that. <laughs> Despite him not being a woodworker, he's looking for a spokeshave. Could you help demystify the pros and cons of low versus regular angle spokeshave and round versus flat bottom? Well, you got to love the round bottom. hey like, yeah. hey Anyway, uh, if you do not own a spokeshave, I recommend jumping into the wonderful world of spokeshaves with a low angle shave, specifically the Veritas low angle shave. Just because it has, um, it's really ergonomic in use. It's got a, a, a flippable, adjustable, reversible, that's the word I'm looking for, a reversible fence that not only gives you a nice flat reference surface, but it also gives you a really short rounded surface. So it serves a function both as a flat bottom shave and a round shave. It can work in just about any surface you run into minus like really, 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 really tight curves. For most of the curves you're going to deal with in furniture, this shave can do it all. Second of all, um, because the, 
the blade is the bottom. There's no sole here. You're referencing off the fence in front of the blade. You get a much more kind of tangible feedback on how the blade is cutting. And I think that as a, a as a shave, it teaches you a lot better than some of the other shaves that have an actual sole, like the Lee Nielsen or the Lee um, the Lee Valley ones, or like the Stanley 152 shaves. I like those shaves. I find that they're better suited for finer kind of smoothing plane of spoke shaving type work. Hmm. doesn't mean they can't take a heavier cut, but <clears throat> I, you don't get the same feedback you do when the blade is actually riding directly on the wood. And for no other reason than the low angle shave is much more of a utility player. It can do all that stuff. So um, in reference to round versus flat bottom – I have a round bottom shave and it gets used like 1% of the time. A flat bottom shave, first of all, can handle any convex curve. Um, and the concave curves, you're dealing with a sole that's like an inch across. So you've got to have a pretty radical curve before that uh, spoke shave starts to, to bottom out and, and not get into the curves. Um, in which case, if that happens, I reach for my low angle shave because you <laughs> can do all that. Um, so certainly it depends upon the work you do and the amount of curves you're dealing with. You might find that, you know, a round bottom shave or one of those convex or concave shaped blades might actually work for you. It all depends on the, on the type of work, but in getting started buy that low angle shave and you won't regret it. Can I be a little bit shallow? Of course. Sure. Hal, go ahead. Just shallow. (laughs) Yes. Um, it's ugly, like uncharacteristically ugly for a Veritas tool. I agree. It is. Yeah, Don't you think? I totally agree. And, and, and it's not, I mean, who cares what it looks like if it works and it's comfortable, but compared to like their other spoke shaves with the wooden handles and just the, the design is, it's almost modern in a way and just looks uncomfortable and ugly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, there are other low angle shaves. You could buy a really nice wooden one. Scott Meek makes one. There are vintage ones. Yeah. But it's that reversible fence that is the secret sauce in this, I think. Sure, sure. Um, I mean, I've used many a vintage wooden shave, and I, I, you get the same kind of tactile feedback I'm talking about. But as a utility player, uh, you can't beat that little fence, especially on the, on the flat work setting. Having that fence out in front of you because uh, you have to engage the blade. You have to kind of tilt it forward a little bit to get it to cut. And that fence out in front of you gives you a, a tactile something to kind of push against that the the traditional vintage wooden shaves don't have. So it's mm. the training wheels is a good example. That's cool. Um, it's the training wheels of the low angle shave. And, you know, yeah, it's not all that pretty. So you can put stickers on it. You know, I have a lot of stickers on it. Ooh, that'd be nice. Yeah, uh, of course, I'm the one who's complaining about the way it looks because, you know, that stuff's important in the shop. Well, you know, <laughs> compare it to the other Lee Valley ones like the Bubinga handles or like the Boggs Lee Nielsen shave. Yeah, yeah. it's not I'm, all, I'm only sexy. saying this because this is what they've made me expect out of Veritas. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's, it was it's probably their like fault. The one, the one tool designer who probably got let go right after that. They were like, you know what? You make a really good tool, but they look ugly. You Get know, out. I will say it's about 30 bucks less than the yeah. other ones, which is probably where you're saving your money. It's just it's not as fancy looking. Yeah. So, very true. Well, good deal. I want to check that out. I think I might have to buy one. Mm. All right. So we've got a little special thing here for you, a little segment, very important one. And, uh, you know, it's not often that we have – well, usually we do stuff like this around April Fool's because it's a lot of times it's a joke. Uh, but this one is not a joke. We've got a very important uh, transition happening here on Wood Talk. We are looking at a change in hosts 
and uh, we should just let people guess. Yeah, <laughs> Shannon, a, thanks a lot for coming on. We really yeah, appreciate it's it. It's been a great couple of years, on. my friend. Let's and, just uh, not address it and just keep moving forward and, and <laughs> just drop a bomb the and, audience in suspense. Hey, that sounds good to me. Um, <laughs> Tune into the next episode when you'll find out who's not there. <laughs> right. But yes, uh, episode 288 will be our good buddy Matt's last episode of Wood Talk. That's right. Yep. Yeah, I'm already starting to get a little teary about it. Yeah, about the right yeah so uh, you may have kind of seen the writing on the wall. Obviously, we've had some scheduling issues that we've talked about, and Matt's new job is very demanding on his time. It's a lot of travel, and it kind of makes it so that the only day we can record is also kind of the only day he can spend with his family. You know, right. so when that happens, it's like, you know, we believe all three of us are big, you know, believers in, in family and the importance of that stuff. And that always comes first. So that extends to the show. And Matt has to uh, to bow out for those personal and professional reasons. And uh, this will be his last show. Sob, yeah. sob. Yeah. Sorry about that. With the timing, like right around the holidays, it's difficult for me. But hey, I know some of you are probably like, this is the best gift ever. <laughs> yes. Finally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, I just wanted to start off here with a little bit of history about the show. If you've been with us for a long time, you probably know a lot of this stuff. But uh, uh, just to give you some background. So we did start the show uh, in 2007 and it was late it was actually late 2006 that Matt and I sort of virtually met online as the early podcasters in the woodworking world. And I said, Hey dude, I think you and I should do an audio podcast together. And he's like, you gotta be nuts. This is stupid. Let's not do that. That, I have the emails that actually say that. I'm like, please stop writing me. How do you find this email? I just got a new one. I actually went back and tried to find those emails and I must've deleted them just kind of clearing out my inbox way back when. So my emails only go back to 2008 and I believe it or not still have 1600 emails with your email address associated with it. Oh my God. <laughs> probably about like half of them are like, Hey, are we recording tonight? Yeah, hey, reco- what are we doing? Yeah. Hey, back in the day, I mean, when we first started Wood Talk, it was just like that. Hey, should we record today? It was, there wasn't a set recording day and there was no guarantee that we were actually going to record. So I think it was only after we brought Shannon on that we committed to a regular schedule. And then the weekly schedule came after that. Um, well, to, to be fair, you know, back then, text and SMS messaging wasn't as commonplace. So I'm just looking at my SMS message queue with you guys. And today <laughs> I think I have 1600 texts. Yeah. That was just over lunch. Um, right. We're like a couple of 16 year old girls. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So, so we started in 2007 things, you know, kind of uh, just went along naturally. It was always fun. You know, we kept doing it. It wasn't all about money. It was just like, are we having a good time doing this? Okay, let's keep doing it. And then over time it just became a little bit more serious and a little bit more demanding on our time until now we're 288 shows into it and Matt you've been on almost every single one of them uh, mm-hmm. and each show averages around an hour so theoretically we might be able to say here that you have about 288 hours of chortles out there for people to enjoy that's kind of amazing I, I think it's actually I try to put double the chortles in every episode so it's <laughs> yeah. probably more closer to 500 and something <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we should just have a loop of your chortles from now on that's um, right so yeah, it's it's been a long, long road to get here. I mean, how many years is that? 2007 to now? Someone do the math eight on that. Eight years? Eight, almost nine years. Yeah, eight years in uh, podcasting is, uh, we're ancient at this point. Yeah, so it's very we cool. Are, we are so irrelevant at this point. It's not even funny. Yeah. 
So yeah, I mean, with all those emails, I mean, it's pretty clear that over time, you know, starting this friendship off like virtually and then having the opportunity to meet a couple times in person, you know, it's, it's, it's really cool to be able to call Matt a friend. Uh, I, I sort of bear no ill will over him leaving the show. It's the right thing for him to do. And I appreciate the time that we had with him. I thought I'm, it was, I'm totally pissed about it. <laughs> now, now Shannon is a little <laughs> more upset. Junior co-host Shannon, that doesn't matter. <laughs> I'm, I'm not, I'm not, speaking. but I appreciate it. Mark, will you tell Matt that I'm not speaking to him anymore? <laughs> okay, I will let him know. I'll write him. I'll text him right now, actually. Um, <laughs> nice. But, you know, to me, this is a testament to the kind of um, things that can happen in our woodworking community, you know, that we can kind of collaborate on something. And people do this all the time. People are doing it today. New shows are cropping up. Friendships are being made. And lifelong friends are being made because of woodworking and also producing, you know, content together, which is a, a very cool thing to be able to do. Um, but the community is a very powerful thing. And I think the show has always been a, a community focused show with questions from people like without the questions from from listeners we'd have nothing to talk about you know? right exactly that was one of the things very early on is like what are we going to talk about well maybe we'll solicit some questions from people out there actually listen to the show yeah and yeah we were able to kind of build it from there it also helped us to create this unification against the knitters <laughs> that's who, right <laughs> You know, for years, uh, we're starting to dominate the hobbies end of uh, iTunes podcast. So we had to do something <laughs> about stopping that stuff. Yeah, totally. Um, so I got a couple of reasons here that I love Matt. Don't let your head get too big, Matt. But All right. I'm going to – hold on. Maybe we adjust my uh, – my, my headphones raise, here. Raise the roof a little bit. Um, so one, one thing I really like about Matt is he's got this, um, and this is why I liked him as not just a friend, but a co-host of the show is you've got a sort of infectious positivity, uh, for woodworking and his life in general and following you and Samantha on Facebook. You guys are both very positive people and it's just, it's a pleasure to, to have this hour long conversation with you every week. I mean, I, I mentioned it today over email that I have probably spoken to Matt more than like grand total than most, if not all of my family <laughs> right? <laughs> besides the people I live with directly and possibly like my mom, uh, the total amount of hours I've spoken to you definitely outweighs all of my friends. You know, it's like, it's an amazing thing that we've, we've done here. So, um, so you, yeah, I, I've, I've obviously have to like you to be able to, to deal with you that much. Right. Either that or you are the most amazing actor ever. Yeah. I mean, you should really like go out into the big screen. Yeah. Uh, another thing, and this goes back to Matt's basement workshop too, is you're, you're really dedicated to doing what you've been doing longer than anyone else has, whether it's profitable or not, or whether it was a popular thing to do or not. You were just dedicated to doing this woodworking thing online. And I love that. Um, for me, it became about you know, it's not just about money, but money became a big part of it for me. And that's why I do it, you know, professionally now. And it's still an important part for me. But I love the fact that money was always just like, okay, if I make a few bucks from this, great. But I love it. And I'm going to keep doing it longer than anybody else, which is just the coolest, right. is the coolest which thing I, to Sometimes my wife goes, are you still doing that? <laughs> still doing that because that's still not paying money. So right. just so you know, you're wasting your time. Yeah, you were spending more money in bandwidth than you're ever going to get. What's yeah. up with that? Uh, and lastly, you know, I respect anybody who puts family first. You know, and I've always gotten that vibe for you that you were a family man. You love your kids. You love your wife. And uh, family is a very important thing to you. And I uh, have the greatest respect for that. Yeah, well, thank you. I, actually, I probably should go say something to them. I don't even know where they're at right now. They're eating your dinner. <laughs> they, they <laughs> <ask> what's <laughs> happening. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So that that's my list. So, Shannon, I'll let you talk for a little bit about uh, you know your feelings on our good buddy Matt here. All right. Well, it's no secret that Matt is the one that kind of got me into podcasting. Yes, uh, I mean, that's right. As we all know, Matt is the podfather. That's he got right. started and I, I, you know, I got started after Mark was on the scene, but I, I remember thinking there's no way I could ever do video. 
which was a really stupid prediction. So, um, and at the time I I was thinking, yeah, right. At the time I was thinking audio would be a good way to go. And Matt took a, I don't know, a break, a summer hiatus or something and put out a call that I don't think he thought anyone would take him up on saying, Hey, if you want to come on and guest host the show while I take a break. And I did. And, uh, that's what started the Renaissance woodworker. So I owe Matt I owe Matt everything, basically. I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Matt. Yeah. So, um, but, you know, if I had to to sum up Matt in one word, it would probably be whoopee, just because, you know, no one rocks the whoopee like Matt does. No, he's the original whoopee wearer. Right. I'm, wear, I'm wearing it right now. I'm wearing the replacement from the original whoopee. So, yeah. Nice. But there, there's another aspect to this. I mean, Mark hit on the, the positivity side of things. Not only is Matt a good friend of mine, but my wife loves Matt. Oh. <laughs> like, <laughs> nice. We, we went to Woodworking in America in, I think it was Valley Forge. Um, yeah, that was the one where, Matt, you were copying my notes. No, that was St. Charles. Whatever. Yeah, St. Charles, right. One of those, the, the, one of the very first woodworking in America's that I went to, um, and I, my wife came with me and there was this real concern that like, what is she going to have to do? You know, is she going to be bored out of her mind? And, um, she was infinitely entertained by Matt Vanderlist (laughs) (laughs) everywhere we went. And from that moment on, it was, it was just like, she was sold on these woodworking things because if everybody is even half as cool as Matt Vanderlist was, or as half as fun, then you had to go to Woodworking in America. And so far, <laughs> my wife is yet to be disappointed. She's gone to every WIA that I've been to. Uh, she's been to a couple of speaking events that I went to. She's been to a couple of SAPFA meetings and has always met really, really cool woodworkers, really friendly people. And that started with Matt Vanderlist. So yeah. I, I have to thank you, Matt, because if you know, a lot of times if you can't get the wife interested in coming, then you don't go at all. So <laughs> Then the trip don't happen. <laughs> right. So, but I, I do think that that that's a testament. And actually, she'll say the same thing about Sam because we met her at whatever that event was. That might have been Valley Forge. I don't know. <laughs> Very <laughs> nice. Whatever. You guys, you guys are just a, a cool couple. You've been like the ambassador to the woodworking community for a long, long time. So, yeah, that's we, awesome. And I do want to stress: Matt's not disappearing. He's not dying. No. Yeah, like, good point. You know, we're, we're almost making this sound like a eulogy of some sort here, but you know, you're going to continue doing what you've always done. You're just not going to be doing wood talk permanently. Well, let's be right. real. Of the three of us, the the most consistent content we produce is wood talk. That's so true. You can't really exactly. count on anything else. That is true. Everything else is just like, oh man, when I have time, we'll get to it. Yeah, yeah I'll right. do a video coming up soon. Oh wait, I've got three more episodes of wood talk I need to do coming in the next few weeks. So forget that. Right. Exactly. Uh, Shannon, anything else you want to add? No, okay. I'll start crying. Yeah, it's getting very <laughs> sad. Uh, well, all right. Well, we'll throw it to Matt now because I know, you know, you've been the, the co-creator and co-host for, for a very long time now. So I'd be curious if Wood Talk has had any sort of impact on you. And as you go through this, I'm going to play a little sad music in the background for you. <laughs> awesome. So, some sad departure. Well, first of all, I do want to thank both of you for all the amazing things that you said. And we've talked quite a bit offline about this. And I feel the same way that Mark does. I've probably talked to Mark more than probably even my my children so i don't know if that's really maybe that goes against what you described as me being a family person but wood talk has definitely the hardest part for me with this decision is, is the fact that i feel like i'm letting you guys down i'm letting the, the the audience down but i know that if i were to continue doing this along with my job and stuff like that i for certain without a doubt would be letting people down even more because it just is having that much of an effect and 
I think well, the, it's okay because Mark's letting us down with the music right now. So. <laughs> <laughs> what? It's perfect. I was. <laughs> Let's all well, cry the, together, guys. Come on. Well, the, the big thing is just simply it has been the best time I have ever had. And I, I love the idea that we created this and that the three of us have had this much fun and perhaps one of the, the funnest times. And it's weird for three guys to say this, but was in Mark's hotel room <laughs> after hours. Hey, yo. Just the three of us. <laughs> yeah, that was a blast. And the Wood Talk meetup was a ton of fun. Just oh, having everybody God, come yes. out and hang out. That was fantastic. Yeah, oh we've had yeah, some good I look times. at the pictures from that, and I'm still just like blown away that people actually showed up to to visit with us. You know, and, and another one is going back to the very first time that Mark and I met in person in Las Vegas. I don't know if you know this, Mark, but somebody else showed up like about two minutes before you did, and I thought that that was you. <laughs> okay. So I got up and I hugged them, and they gave me the <laughs> oddest look. I'm like, you're not Mark Spagnola. Yeah, why are you touching me? Actually, I think we did a <laughs> video where we had our embrace and everything. It was very emotional. Right. It was. It was absolutely. And then we went out into the, in the hallway to record something and I chortled and everybody yeah. came running like, what the living daylights was that? What was that <laughs> terrible noise? Yeah, it was. And I knew we were onto something. Totally. In fact, actually at that, that same show, somebody came running through the, literally running through the showroom and said, I heard you laughing from the other end of the thing. And I knew I found the two of you. <laughs> right. <laughs> there you go. All right, so just to, you know, I'm sure people are wondering, what are we going to do? Is it just going to be uh, me and Shannon from here on out? And uh, we do have a replacement host, and we're not going to tell you who it is. You will have to wait till the new year. Because we're mean. Yes, we are very mean. Uh, I'm sure there will be plenty of speculation. But uh, we will have this new host integrated into the show first thing in the new year, and we think you're going to be happy with the choice. The choice is... All right, uh, all right. It's Scarlett Johansson. It is. <laughs> Uh, you know what? That would be awesome. You think she would do it? Actually, you know what? Awesome. It should case, be the, the. Can I come back on again? <laughs> Matt's back. <laughs> It'll be the boxer lady that she's into woodcraft. Oh right? yeah, Holly. Did we yeah, talk about that go. recently? Yeah. So, um, yeah, it'll be good stuff in the new year and you know, the format's pretty much going to be the same, but of course everything comes down to who's on the show. And that really is what makes the stuff that we talk about interesting because of the perspectives and the personalities. So the show will still be the same, but a little bit different. Well, but you know, for I, me, for this means, this means that I finally have a woodworking podcast that I can listen to and not go, I already heard this. <laughs> right. That's pretty cool, actually. You can I'm, send us I'm questions. i of that now. <laughs> you know, I, I, for one, hope that Matt's departure is kind of like Christopher Schwartz's departure at Popular Woodworking. Like, did he actually leave? I don't you know. can't really never tell. issue. <laughs> yeah. Are you going to uh, call in? for their blog. He's going to leave know. a bunch of voicemails. He's going to do a bunch of segments for us. Yeah. You'll probably hear from him again. Yeah. More Matt, than likely. We will definitely keep that open as 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 time becomes available. I will beg these guys to please just let me have one more minute on the show. Right. Well, and I tell you what, Matt, if you write in with questions, just because it's you will allow you to ask more than one question. Yeah. Well, every you, time you that pass. somebody reads a Matt question, there will always be that lingering question of, is it Matt or is it a different <laughs> Which Matt? Which Matt is that? We'll never know. All right. How well, do you spell chortle? Like if you write in a question, how will you fit the chortles in? That's, you just got um, to go chortle, chortle. Yeah. You don't actually spell it like it sounds. You just say the word. Right. <laughs> All right. Well, not to drag this on uh, too much longer here, but Matt, how about for one last time, why don't you give them the contact info and we'll get out of here. All right. Hey, folks, do you have a comment, question, or topic suggestion? And that comment better not be, oh, my gosh, it's about time you got rid of this loser. Uh, <laughs> you have several different ways to contact us. Leave us a voicemail on Skype. Our username is Wood Talk Online. Call our voicemail line. Actually, I should say 
your username is Woodtalk Online, yes. and you can call their voicemail line at 623-242-5180. And if you want to email the guys, you can do that at kickback at woodtalkshow.com, and you can leave them a comment on the Wood Talk Facebook page. And if you're looking for the show notes or downloads from today's show or previous episodes, you're going to find those over at woodtalkshow.com. Very nice. And uh, I'll I give you one last chance, Matt. you have any parting words? You know, right from the beginning, something that's always been in my heart, I always tell people this all the time, straight grains and go f*** yourself. Hey guys, this is uh, Jamie Joukowsky calling from uh, Anchorage, Alaska. Just wanted to uh, wish Matt a fond farewell. Uh, Let him know that I will be raising a grape soda in his honor and devouring a plate of tacos this evening uh, just for you, buddy. Uh, Thanks for the chortles and all you've done for the community. Really appreciate it. Good luck. Matt, Mark, Shannon. Kirk from the Murder Mitten. I just wanted to call and say thanks to Matt and I guess Shannon and Mark as well. Uh, We're going to miss you, bud. If it wasn't for you, I wouldn't be a woodworker. Um, I wouldn't have nearly as many stretchy pants and I sure wouldn't eat as much tacos. So good luck in your next chapter, Ben. Bye. Hi, this is Ross from Tennessee. Just heard about uh, Matt's upcoming departure from the show and want to let him know that I really appreciate his contribution to the show and to the community been a lot of fun listening all these years. Wish him the best. Wood talk, guys. This is Diami, and uh, I've heard, and I want to leave this message for you, Matt. Uh, when I started consuming the online woodworking community, you were already well-established as the woodworking podfather, and for good reason. Reading and watching Matt's basement workshop and listening to Wood Talk, you've always been humble, insightful, and helpful. Your projects have been well-built and well-explained. Your answers have always been generous and grounded in practical knowledge based on experience. I consider myself lucky to have met you in person and to have had the opportunity to hang out at WIA meetups and on our NWA podcast with you. You've always been the same funny and generous fellow in person that you are on the interweb. While I'm sad to see you leave the business of regular woodworking content creation, as another online woodworker with a full-time job outside of woodworking, I certainly understand the toll it takes in terms of time, resources, work, and family. Frankly, I'm amazed and awed that you were able to continue creating content as long and frequently as you did. While you will be missed, I think you should be proud of the legacy and legend you're leaving us. The online woodworking community is a better place because of all that you've done, Matt. Thank you. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.